The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Leprosy is some bad news. I don't know about you, but whenever I hear leprosy, I tend to actually get a little fearful on the inside just at the idea of it. Uh, and truth be told, today we have almost no reason. Uh, to be afraid of leprosy, even if we do have those images from the old movies come to mind. It's easily curable. Um, it's very difficult to get. It's actually not very contagious at all. You'd have to be around somebody for months before you got it. Uh, and even more surprising, 95% of people are already naturally immune to it. So there's really no reason to be fearful of leprosy today. But they did not know that at the time of Christ, nor did they have the treatment that we have today. And the best thing that they knew to do, the best that they could do at that time, you might have caught it in the first reading from Leviticus, was to isolate that person from the community and to have that person intentionally perpetuate the isolation, shouting out, unclean, unclean, to make sure everybody knew, don't get near to me. And that isolation can be devastating. That isolation can be devastating. And isolation has a way of reinforcing itself and just getting worse the more time that you spend in it. It kind of becomes this downward spiral. When I was in college, especially when I first arrived at college and first began going to big social events, I had a bunch of social anxiety around it. I was very nervous when I'd walk into a room full of people, lots of different little circles of socializing. There were all sorts of friendships that were already in there. And I was just this new kid who was trying to get to know people. I heard you guys have the St. Paul ball. That sounds like an anxiety attack to me. <laughs> I would walk into a room and I would feel in my gut this desire to just run away and go home and either play video games or watch TV shows or anything to bury the FOMO that I would have been feeling because I had left the social event. And that downward spiral just gets worse the more time you spend in it because then should I have chosen to do that, people wouldn't have called me to come and hang out because they wouldn't have known me, because I wouldn't have spoken with them. But I might have started to believe the narratives that I would tell myself that they didn't want me around, or there was something about me that was particularly repugnant or unattractive, and that that was the reason that I wasn't getting more socializing. Isolation has this way of just reinforcing itself. 
which is what makes the leper in today's story heroic in what he does. Because no matter how desperate he was, and we know that he was desperate for that healing, he kneels down and he begs, but no matter how desperate someone is, there is still a point at which we have to make a choice about what we're going to do. So that leper had a moment where he had to choose whether or not he was going to allow himself to remain isolated or whether he was going to try to take a step and take a risk and break out of it. And he took that risk. He approaches Jesus. He goes up to him and he kneels and begs. And this is where he does a second thing that I think is very heroic. Not only did he make a decision to approach him, but that when he approaches Jesus and asks for something that he desires so desperately, he says it without expectation of what's going to come next. He says it without expectation of what Jesus is going to choose to do in that next moment. When he approaches Jesus, he, he says very indirectly, and the reason I say he had no expectation is because of how indirectly he asked for the healing. He says, if you wish, you can make me clean. If you wish, you can make me clean. He doesn't have any expectations around what Christ is going to choose to do with him in response to that. There's a great freedom and a great humility in approaching Christ that way, as hard and as difficult as it can be to do. And then Jesus does the beautiful things that Christ so often does. He begins by first, without, making a, without saying a thing, he reaches out and he touches him, which that man would probably not have felt for a long, long time, the warmth of a human touch. He reaches out and he touches him. And he looks at him and he says to him, of course I will it be made clean. Of course I will it, be made clean. And the man's immediately healed in that moment. But if you're anything like me, there have been many moments when you have come to Christ and have knelt down and begged for him to remove some sort of spiritual malady or disease or thing that I am frustrated and stuck in, something that has taken me, that has caused me to isolate myself from others, whether or not it began with them. It's something that's true within me, and so I come to Christ, I'll kneel, and I'll beg him to take it away, and it doesn't go away. He doesn't immediately heal me. But I don't think that changes how true it is that Christ would look at each one of us, even in that moment when we're begging, and say, of course I will it. And that's why what happens next in the story is so helpful, I think, for us, at least for me. Because Jesus doesn't just say, of course I will it be healed. But he then also gives him something to do. He gives him some instruction. He says, go to the temple, observe the purification ritual that you would normally need to observe. I think sometimes Christ invites us when he says, of course, I will that you be healed. He invites us to take a step in that direction, to do something active. When I was a freshman, I had gone to college at that particular school, partly because my older brother was there one year ahead of me. And he and I suffer from two different kinds of social anxiety. When I enter a room of people whom I don't know, a big room, especially at that age, I would tend to get very anxious about all these new people I was going to meet. When my brother was not in a room with a bunch of random new people, he would get social anxiety. So I made it a point that when I would go to some social event where my older brother was, I would stay until he left. That just became my little personal resolution. And over time, I learned better how to be in those situations, became more comfortable, so much so that I even get excited for them at times now. I think Christ sometimes makes an invitation for us. And the social anxiety is, in some ways, it can be a very serious thing, but it's also kind of a lighthearted example. We may have things that are much more difficult that we're struggling with and holding on to. But I don't think that changes that Jesus does look at us and say, of course, I will it, 
be healed, be made clean. And he may be inviting each of us to something particular for whatever it may be that we may be feeling in our hearts. And my hope for each and every one of you, my hope for myself, is that over time, with this confidence and this trust to keep taking one step after another, to keep trusting Christ that he desires to heal us, we will be just like the leper in the story, disobedient to Christ, going out because he was so overjoyed at what God had done for him, preaching the good news of what Christ can do. So may you and I, each of us, be witnesses to the power of God, to what he can do in our lives, because we trusted in him, we trusted in him enough to take one step after another.